city of Albuquerque is no stranger to hush-hush scientific experiments or conspiracy theories. And in an effort to get to the bottom of the mysterious disappearance of Gurley Chu and Dyson Hassenkoft, police in Albuquerque found themselves in the middle of an investigation that read more like an X-Files script than a police report. He and his wife were alien reptiles, caught in a pitched battle over the fate of mankind. Gurley was here to basically destroy everyone. Gurley was an alien queen and a threat to all of humankind on planet Earth. The cops were baffled. Diazen Hassenkoff? Diazen was a man of science, an acclaimed doctor on the cutting edge of medicine. Or at least everybody thought he was. Hello and welcome to Garbage Nation, where we discuss garbage people and okay people that do garbage things. I'm Adrian, and it's lit in the depression pit. That's the depression pit. <laughs> is that how they? Is that how lit it is? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Louise, and I poured orange juice in my cereal twice this week. You are disgusting. Mm-hmm. You are you are a true garbage person. I'm going to do an episode without your consent about you. <laughs> Twenty minutes of just talk, talking shit about how you pour orange juice into your cereal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how I don't put the shopping cart away at Kroger. <laughs> just kidding, I do that. Um, so, anyways, uh, this week's trash consists of empty tuna cans, old spinach, and a high-pitched mermaid-haired con man who convinced a successful yet gullible fashion designer that his estranged ex-wife was a reptilian queen working for the New World Order. Today, we're talking about garbage person, eyebrow model, and my pediatrician, Diazin Hassenkoft, who peddled $30,000 B6 shots to dying cancer patients. We will also delve into one of New Mexico's most perplexing murder cases. Hope you're ready for this trip into the land of enchantment. Road trip! I fucking am. Yeehaw! Yee, and I cannot stress this enough. Haw. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I like it. <laughs> so, our main character's name is Dyson Hassenkoft, who was born Armand Chavez in Houston, Texas, on March 5th, 1965. He claimed he was a thoracic surgeon with degrees from the University of Tokyo and Cornell Medical College. He was pretty successful throughout his life, and something notable about him is that he also had leukemia. Um, our next character, her name was Gurley Chu, and she was born August 27th, 1963, in Malaysia. So there are a few accounts of how they met, and in my research, I haven't found that many um, that were too different, but the main story kind of goes like this. They met at this magical, romantic place we all know as SeaWorld in 1990. <laughs> Girlie Chu was vacationing in SeaWorld with her family at the time, and fun fact, if you ever meet your future partner at SeaWorld, you are guaranteed to be with them forever. And I think that's beautiful. Stuck in the same uh, tank. <laughs> yep. Your prony skin rubbing up against each other. Real fucking hot. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. You're both garbage people for going to SeaWorld in the first place. 
And so after that, they were pen pals for a very long time. They messaged each other back and forth in the early 90s until their relationship kept growing stronger and stronger. Shortly after their pen pal romance in 1992, Girlie Chu agreed to Diazin's proposal and the very next year packed up her little suitcase, probably made of orca skin. <laughs> her her shamu sling. <laughs> And made it to my favorite vacation destination, Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, where they got married in 1993. And for someone like Gurley, this was this was a sweet love story. You know, she met this dude by happenstance at a whale torture facility, <laughs> and <laughs> and genuinely what, fell in what love. What song do you think played in the background while the whales were screaming? Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> is that how it goes is that how it goes (laughs) so um and so some things she and anyone would find attractive is he was a researcher he was a doctor and a heart and lung surgeon he was successful and very well respected he was well traveled and had all these medical innovations and breakthroughs under his belt he had the money, and he really knew how to sweep a woman off her feet. I, I mean, I, I had a freaking erection just reading this resume of his. He had all this shit that he did, and he had a privileged life apparently growing up in Switzerland and didn't have any shortage of funds growing up. Clearly, all the sexy bachelors are in fucking Albuquerque. <laughs> Adrian, you gotta go. I know, but you know, I'm just having so much fucking fun sitting with my thumb up my ass in Atlanta. <laughs> so they're living married life, you know, la la la. Girlie is just this this ball of sweetness and authenticity. She's just Aww. someone you just want to like, you know, murder. Um, <laughs> she's so cute. Um, she worked as a teller in a bank and she was really great at her job. She was efficient and her bosses adored her. Her coworkers really got along with her swimmingly and she had genuine, wholesome experiences at work and it made her genuinely excited to be part of that. Fucking g- g- girly, tell me, what does that feel like to be liked by your coworkers? <laughs> yeah, no one likes you. <laughs> no one fucking likes no, you. No, uh, girly even had a cute little nickname. What was it? It was, it was Computer Chip because she wanted to learn everything about the bank. Oh, okay. I was going to say, some people like giving people some really bad nicknames. And I was going to be like, oh, what did they call this poor little girly chew from Malaysia? <laughs> so anyway, she's adjusting to her new life in the United States. And it's going reasonably well. You know, time goes by. She and Diazin, you know, adjust into married and acclimate into married life and try for kids. Unfortunately, after trying and trying, they find out that Gurley is unable to get pregnant, you know? Yeah, I mean, I consider it a, a strength that there will be no children coming out of my, my, myself. Your minge? <laughs> my, my girly chew. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Very distasteful. I love it. So they, they, they get dogs. I mean, once you realize that your uterus might be a hostile place for a, <laughs> a fetus, a fetus, you get a dog if you can't get a fetus. Yeah. Um, I put my fetus around a leash <laughs> and drag it around. <laughs> it's like jelly-like substance just dragging along the fucking asphalt. 
with like a like a blobfish face on it. <laughs> At least its tail is wagging, right? <laughs> Um, so they get dogs and they're kind of happy with their dogs until the dogs kind of die too. Oh. And for, and, and for not really shady reasons, they just disease and something random. They just, they just die. They didn't mm-hmm. make it. They probably That's got it from issues. a breeder. Yeah. Um, so Gurley was- SeaWorld people, of course. They, they got their dogs from SeaWorld. <laughs> um, Why does this dog have a fin? <laughs> <laughs> a dorsal fin. Um, anyway um, no wonder it fucking died it was half orca (laughs) (laughs) mommy I love you mommy (laughs) then it rips his arm off (laughs) I just pictured this like test test tube human orca dog baby that's just like mommy I love you Okay, we seriously need to take a break. (laughs) I'm I'm just keep thinking about that abomination, (laughs) that like crime against humanity. (laughs) Also, my life. Yeah. Okay. Um, So it comes out of the test tube, and it's like, Adrian, please kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody, please. Oh, stop. Stop. None of its organs work, and its liver is like 40 pounds. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Okay. Got to get my bearings. One, two, let's go. Um, But throughout the entire time, Dyson isn't happy that Gurley can't have kids. He wants kids, and he fucking wants them now. And obviously, Gurley is also pretty sad about not being able to have a child, you know. But Dyson is very adamant about having a child, which, girl, red flag. Fuck, we said that at the same time. You know, basically, they kind of go a period of time um, without a child. And one day, and this is real fucking weird, he just comes home with a child. (laughs) And he's like, this is our new child. Like, like, where did he go and get this fucking child from? He got a baby <laughs> and he brought it home and he said, this is for us. Like, he's, he gifted her a baby. And Gurley is kind of confused. She's like, what the fuck? Like, you brought home a child? Is this how they do in the United States? I do the same shit all the time, except for it's with plants. <laughs> Look, a brand new baby Monstera. And then I kill it. So yeah, um, she's confused, you know, but Dyson is very adamant that, you know, this is, he, he brought the child for them and she's new, she's little, like she's soft-spoken, she doesn't really question him that much, which is also kind of weird, but I'm sure she has her, she has her fears about what the fuck this child is doing there, but eventually, yeah, they, they have the child and they name the child Dimitri. You have Dyson, um, Girly Chew, and Dimitri, <laughs> your typical American family. That really- so he's also kind of weird about his personal space at home. He has a private room in the house where Gurley isn't allowed to visit. Girl, red flag. Yeah, run away. <laughs> um, so she finally finds her way into that secret room. You know, she's not really inquisitive. She doesn't want to, like, catch him in anything. She just ends up there one day. Mm-hmm. Um, she also finds her way into that secret room and... 
she kind of looks around like, you know, she trusts her partner. I mean, but she's kind of just looking around at this new room that she was never allowed to visit. But now she has ended up in mm-hmm. and she finds things. And guess fucking what? what? A girly chew finds out that this guy isn't a fucking doctor. In fact, this guy wasn't even employed. (laughs) It takes a lot of energy to pretend to be employed. So, you know, I tip my hat to you, Mr. Hassenkopf. I mean, fuck. Like, can you imagine? I mean, so, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go into it what she finds out. Okay. Because this is just one bombshell after another. She also finds out that he doesn't have leukemia that he talked about so much. So, you know, a little side story. He told everyone that he had leukemia and he didn't have much time to live. And each time he would approach his, quote, time to die, he'd tell people that he was given a special shot that extended his life more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cycle just continued. That doesn't exist, which is what's funny. I guess it was a different time. Like, people didn't really understand how that shit worked you can't just give somebody a shot and then they get extra minutes then i mean and that's and that's the best part about living in 2020 is that i know we're at a time where we know better that's why you know i just took my bleach shot 10 minutes ago (laughs) and i know i'm guaranteed to not catch the coronavirus So I'm so, I'm so glad that we live in 2020 and not the early 90s where people were uninformed apes. <laughs> so he didn't have leukemia and he was unemployed and girl is like freaking out, you know, she's like, where is this money coming from? We obviously have money and we're living quite comfortably. So the money's got to be coming from somewhere, but he's unemployed. So bombshell, bombshell after bombshell, right? This, in this in this special room, I can only imagine how she feels. Her stomach is probably in a knot. Um, she finds out more information that he might be cheating on her as well. Mm. And for folks that have had experiences similar to this, like this is one of the scariest feelings you can ever have. Just finding out that so much of what your partner or your loved one has said to you has all been lies finding out you've been cheated on it is a stomach churning gut-wrenching feeling yeah so he's he's being shady um he is cheating and her mind is probably racing and i don't blame her again girl red flag yeah so girly down the line with this new information ends up tracking the woman down um he was cheating and she confronted this woman at a local restaurant this woman's name was kimberly glasgow and she was a stylist at supercuts uh, fucking speaking of supercuts honestly i think half the fucking hairstylists there are on meth or crack or something because i, I don't know about other people's experiences but i've been to a supercut a couple of times each time thinking it's going to be different and each time it's those methy cracky vibes and i come out looking like a fucking shaved poodle (laughs) he kind of looks like somebody who would market himself as a famous doctor and then go to supercuts So Gurley confronted her and told um, Kimberly that she was his wife. And so now there are conflicting stories about what happened. One account is that she begs Kimberly not to tell Dyson that she met Gurley because Gurley was so afraid of what he would do. Obviously, after she found out he was lying about all these things, she's scared. She doesn't know what he might do to her. And the second account is that she did confront Kimberly Glasgow and Kimberly Glasgow confronted Dyson and told him that you have a wife and that she met Girly Chu and 
That obviously angered, angered Dyson. Either way, he came home that day and questioned her about why Gurley went to meet Kimberly. And then he proceeds to fucking beat the shit out of her. He, he put her in a chokehold and pommeled her face. Mm. Again, red flag. <laughs> when, when your partner is pummeling you in the face, that's, that's a red flag. It's time to start maybe making a list. Maybe the pros and the cons. Yeah, that's where I would recommend getting started. Yeah. <laughs> so again, bringing us back to our timeline, this is 1998. So they've been married for about, you know, five-ish years. And people intervened. Um, She pressed charges. And then she proceeded to drop those charges because she remained with him. Mm, Happens a lot. Yeah. And, you know, as as many of us know, this is why folks sometimes stay in abusive relationships. It's because they may not have the financial resources to leave. Um, Girly Chu is also an immigrant in the United States with with no firm or grounded connections. um, Or she might not know what resources she Mm has. Um, and this is somebody who obviously it would be very hard to pre- predict his behavior because she is finding out that she hardly knows him. Exactly. So who knows what he might do? And so in many ways, Gurley had to make a strategic decision to stay in a situation because of its predictability rather than enter a new situation and have it be even more unpredictable and possibly put her her safety at risk. Yeah, definitely. Which is why it like kind of annoys me as well when people go like, oh, why didn't he just leave? It's not that easy. No, it's not. And we also know that Dyson was really charming and he knew how to work a room and he knew how to charm a woman. And I'm sure as abusers do, made promises to her and talked his way into having her forgive him. He would proceed to attack her again the next year in 1999. But before then, um, they're living their lives, you know, and one day he asks her to take the highway home. But first he wants, yeah, first he wants her to bring him a menu from the Hyatt in Albuquerque. (laughs) What do you think he wanted from the Hyatt in Albuquerque? I don't know. What would a sociopath eat? Potato salad. Oh my god. I was going to say like JoJo's or potato <laughs> wedges. We're, we're vibing. <laughs> Starches. The, the fuel um. of sociopaths. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I'm not sure how substantiated the, the, the Hyatt menu story is, but he asked her to, to bring a menu from the Hyatt and take the highway home. I mean, she obviously found that weird, Mm -hmm. but she's probably low-key scared of him. So she complied. And, um, that same fucking night, that same night, they're headed to bed and she hears the alarm go off. And she goes to investigate and she goes into the garage only to find Diazin loosening the lug nuts on her fucking car. Oh, God. It's like so creepy. (laughs) I'd say it's a little romantic. (laughs) First SeaWorld, then the the surprise child. And now he's loosening the lug nuts on your car. Every kiss um, begins with K. <laughs> um, oh my god. What's that fucking brand? What's that brand? Um, Chain Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's what it reminded me of. Real fucking romantic, right? Yeah. 
And so she flips out. Like when you see your partner that asked you to take the highway home and the next thing you see them loosening the lug nuts on your car. And she flips she she flips out at seeing this and he straight up attacks her. Mm. They tussle, he holds her down, she's screaming, they're fighting, and she she makes her way out of the garage by climbing underneath that that door and she runs into the neighbor's home where the neighbors call the cops so th- th- this was fucking rough you know you know she soon after um she finally leaves him she files for divorce and gets a temporary restraining order against him all this while they still have a child that they're raising yeah. dimitri <laughs> um that's how he says it hi daddy um my name is dimitri um so she files a temporary restraining come here, order. Come and here, girly chew. <laughs> girly chew mama, come here. <laughs> I want the pity. Pity. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you want the bitty? I want pity. I'm just imagining like a little baby with Danny DeVito's face. <laughs> but like way paler. Yeah. Like like Danny DeVito's face, but Miley Cyrus's eyes. <laughs> If anyone has Photoshop, please create recreate this baby. I want to see it. So dies and gets custody of little Dimitri. And, you know, um, basically, Girlie goes under a protection order where she's living like a DL life in fear of Dyson. Fuck. That's pretty fucking scary. Now, Diazin did not want Girlie Chu to get a divorce and not... Not necessarily because he was possessive, like so many other perpetrators of domestic violence, but because if Gurley files for divorce, his finances would be public record, which is bad for Diazin because of two reasons. One, it would expose his long line of cons, and two, it would make it very difficult to continue these cons if they were public record. So let me take you back to 1992, two years after he met Girlie Chu and while he was writing her love notes. So 1992, Diazin responded to a personal ad from a 72-year-old heiress with breast cancer who was looking for a lover. And I'm not blaming her at all, but damn, old rich lady with cancer living by herself looking for love is like, you who con men come and get me. He just needs my routing number and he'll he'll be here any minute. Give me that. To rock my world. To rock my world. (laughs) Go on. So this uh, this woman was named Sunny Blake. That's my porn star name. (laughs) I like it. It's fitting. Thank you. Uh, I was was really big in the 90s. I was too. (laughs) Fuck. So uh, he responded to this ad. And he said that he was a cutting-edge geneticist and doctor who had, one, discovered the cure for cancer, and two, invented a youth serum, which, in reality, he was an unemployed con man who was salty as hell for getting rejected from medical school over and over again. Also, can I add? Yeah. If you're going to live in New Mexico and you want anti-aging stuff, that's not going to work. Honey, like, you need to get the fuck out of New Mexico and get the fuck out of the Southwest and get out of that damn sun. Fucking living in New Mexico trying to look for the fucking youth serum. (laughs) She probably thinks it's like snake venom or something. (laughs) I've got plenty of snakes under my rocks. (laughs) Take a bite. (laughs) 
So he becomes Sunny's lover and caretaker. She would pay him to go on fancy trips, fancy cruises, while also paying him 25 grand a month for quote unquote treatments. And just to add that this would legitimize why he used to quote travel for long periods of time yeah. and leave girly leave girly chew at well, home. Well, he told her that she was on he was on the lecture circuit. Bastard. Yeah, yeah fuck him. So anyways, the treatments were from his research because he is a world-renowned geneticist. Um, but in reality, the treatments were shots of B6 and at times even his own blood. What the fuck? Yeah. Why would he give her his own oh. blood? So Did she know it was his yes. own blood? Yes. And the reason why I know that he she knew it was his own blood is because... Okay, are you ready? This is... It starts getting really weird. And I, I don't think that... Diazen was smart, and I think he could target gullible people. And that's why when he told Sonny Blake that he was actually 2,000 years old and that his blood was a treatment for anti-aging, she believed him because she was gullible. And on her deathbed, probably desperate. Yeah, fuck. So his time with Sonny lasted until 1996, which is well after he married Gurley in 1993. He stayed with her until her breast swelled the size of a melon and she died and by the time she died she had paid him over five hundred thousand dollars in treatments that did not work did she have any family or yeah. anybody that knew so about her this? her son actually came down to albuquerque to visit her and he had been hearing about these treatments and um i don't know if he just thought his mom knew better or what but her son did not notice the red flag until her breast had swelled to be so large and then he was like fuck this guy mom i'm taking you to that to an oncologist and the oncologist was like you you should have been here years ago did she think that the anti-aging shit was working because her breasts were getting perkier just one oh yeah. just one <laughs> one breast at a time <laughs> in 1998 he meets julie mcguire on a dating site which something about 1990s dating websites makes my fucking skin crawl like i don't know what what do you think diazin's tinder would look like i think it would be just pictures of him looking down at a camera kind of like how old people take selfies <laughs> these days and you can see the little rolls in his neck and he's and he has like l- lack of better term a wife beater mm-hmm. on and it's like a dark room and you can see the fan <laughs> at the top right um, so anyways, uh, Julie was a beautiful middle-aged woman living in Aztec, New Mexico, which was, I want to say like 80 miles outside of Albuquerque. She owned a hotel. It was not very successful because Aztec, New Mexico does not have a whole lot of people coming to visit. Unlike Albuquerque, where people just <laughs> fucking flock Albuquerque. So they started talking. He told her that he was a cutting edge geneticist. He had received his PhD in Cornell. He told her that his parents were Japanese and German. And when he called, he sometimes would speak with a fake Japanese accent. Where do you think he got the name Diazian Hassenkoft? Oh my God, I don't know. Uh, so he believed that the Germans and the Japanese are the two master races. So Diazian's supposed to be his Japanese name and Hassenkoft is his German name. So now he is the ultimate master race. Trash. Fucking yeah. trash. 
He told her that he had this incredible youth serum that he had used on a number of celebrities, but he couldn't name who. He was sworn to secrecy. So he finally went to go see her. He drove to Aztec. He gave her a special deal on her youth injections. He gave her 90% off. So instead of a $32,000 bill on youth injections, she only had to pay $3,200. Just like fucking Hobby Lobby. They do that shit all the time. Yeah, I just hate like when I go to Hobby Lobby to get my youth serum <laughs> and they they do Yeah, that. I hate that shit. 90% off. Straight, Straight from heaven. <laughs> it's God's blood. Oh, I didn't imagine blood, sweetie. I imagined God just jerking <laughs> off into like into like a fucking pot. Get injected with God's semen. Maybe that's what like heaven is like. It's like a giant God cum factory. So in early 1990, if you remember, that is when Girly fucking leaves, which good on her. He comes crawling back to Aztec in a panic, and this time he's bring- he begins bringing his two year old son Dimitri. Dimitri keeps saying. Girly, girly, mommy, mommy. And Julie thinks this is strange, but he says that, oh, he calls all women mommy. And girly, that's actually uh, the test tube lab that Dimitri was created in since he's a geneticist. So when he returned to Aztec, he was in a panic and he told her that the NSA found out about her her 90% discount that she got on the treatment and that he needed to pay up or else he would have to die. Typical U.S. government <laughs> agencies. I heard about that discount you've been given out. They heard about that sale and as the U.S. government does, just comes I right know. in to take it away from us. Hard work. daddy Americans. government stomping on innovation and our freedom to give out good deals. <laughs> so uh, she couldn't help him though, because she didn't have 30 grand laying around. And so he left and in the spring, uh, Diazen calls her for some more sympathy. And he said that the NSA sentenced him to death by injecting him with leukemia because she did not pay him the full price for the treatment. What if fucking Hobby Lobby started pulling that shit? Like David Green calls you up and he's like, I gave you that live, laugh, love decal for 70% off and the NSA knew it was a good deal. So now I must die. Send me money to this address. <laughs> fucking Oklahoma or wherever it is. Uh, you know he would find a way to rationalize Yeah, that. no, he'd way. either say that or he'd be like, God told me in a dream that I gave you too much of a discount and I must give the money to the church. And by church, he means jet. <laughs> <laughs> so she comes up from Albuquerque one more time and he wants her to meet at a clinic um, because he doesn't want the NSA to find out where he lives, which like, okay, dumbass, the, the NSA was able to inject you with leukemia, but they can't follow you home from like supercuts or whatever. Like I don't, she also ends up taking Jer- Dimitri back with her. And when, when they leave Dimitri will not look at his father. He will not say bye. He doesn't even look at him when he leaves. He just runs to Julie and doesn't look back. And Julie reports that he begins pinching himself and saying, ow, ow, ow. And when they get to her house, she starts looking and he has track marks all over his body, including in between his toes. Oh oh my God. This is getting really fucking weird. And so um, she calls social services, looks into his background, and finds out that he is get- he is actually in the middle of getting a divorce and that he has a domestic violence charge. 
Summer of 1999, Linda Henning, who is a successful fashion designer living with her fiance, attends a David Icke seminar at the University of New Mexico. So do you know who David Icke is? No, but please explain. He is a former soccer player, sports commentator, and conspiracy theorist. He is fucking in to reptilian conspiracy theories, like shifting reptilian UFOs that run the planet, George W. Bush, the reptilian, and... Barack Obama, also the reptilian, and he went to a university to talk about it, which... Wait, a university? You know what? I'm not even going to ask why that university let him in, but you know what? Just keep going. Yeah. Uh, So, guess who went to the David Icke seminar to hunt for gullible victims? Dimitri? <laughs> uh, it's, it's our gorgeous-haired con man, Dyson. So, he goes there, he meets Linda... And within weeks, she kicks out her fiancé and begins introducing her new fiancé, D or Doc, because she cannot pronounce Diazin. So she is head over heels for D, uh, but her friends are not sold. He's fucking weird as hell and slimy. And he even hands out resumes to her friends, citing it as proof that he is a doctor. And also that he is actually a 1,000-year-old alien geneticist who used to work for the CIA, which I feel like that's pretty narcissistic to join, to self-select to join a UFO group and tell everybody that you're the only one that's an alien. She thought he was a 2,000-year-old man. She thought he was an alien. Guy was a fraud. A total Charles Manson fraud. Investigators thought Diazan was able to use Linda's beliefs in aliens to turn her against his wife, Girlie Chu, convincing Linda that Girlie was an evil alien queen. Linda believed that she was going to have to rise up against this alien queen and destroy her to protect the world. My belief about it was once he had got her energized in that way and sufficiently motivated in that way, she became as motivated as Lady Macbeth was motivated to kill Duncan. So through Linda, he meets Bill Miller, who is a big government conspiracy theorist. I don't have very much information about Bill Miller, except for um, Dyson convinces both um, Bill and Linda that Gurley is a reptilian queen that needs to be taken out. And so Bill and Linda begin stalking Gurley. Linda went to her work and had Gurley as a teller, Bill allegedly followed her from the store to her home and was able to find out where she lived. Fuck. That's what I was thinking. God damn it. They found out where she lived. And like, the thing is, Gurley, from from my research, Gurley tried so fucking hard to hide where she lived. She tried so hard because she was so scared. Yeah. Oh, I know, which is so sad. And she, she felt very unsafe. I don't know if she realized that she was being stalked by multiple people, but she knew something was going to happen to her. She told all of her coworkers, if something happens to me, if I don't show up to work, Dyson's done something. She even called the FBI. She said if anything happened to her, they needed to look into her husband. But I also want to add, and and really trying not to sound patronizing here, because I don't intend for it at all, but Gurley is, is really reaching out mm-hmm. to all these resources and agencies that she that she off the top of her head feels like will support her she's letting her coworkers know that this is if if this then this if that then that and she's reaching out to the FBI and she's doing all these things that a lot of people 
wouldn't necessarily always feel empowered to do so for various legitimate reasons. No, I I totally agree. So on September 9th, 1999, Gurley left her shift after work and was never seen again. The following morning, she did not show up for work and her co-workers panicked immediately. The supervisor called the police and they also, they began investigating immediately. The investigators went to her apartment and they found six large bleach stains on the carpet. The investigators were actually pretty thorough. They cut out all of the carpet in the entire apartment, rolled it up, and brought it to the department for testing. They also discovered that 120 miles outside of Albuquerque, they found a tarp with bloody women's clothing, duct tape, and hair. So the police went to check up on Dyson. But his ass was already fucking gone. He gathered all his shit and left his ass to South Carolina, didn't even close the door on his way out. His neighbors reported that the night before, he sped into his driveway and was covered in grease paint and camouflage. And I'm just, I have to say that I am pretty impressed how fucking productive this this man is. I think maybe it's his 2,000-year-old youthful blood or something, but he was able to keep multiple cons going plan a fucking murder, plan a cross-country move, and plan a wedding all at the same fucking time. Because he went to South Carolina because his new fiance, Cheryl Culp, flew him out there the night that Gurley disappeared. So then after that, the police go to question Linda Henning, and she said she doesn't know where he is, and that she doesn't think she'll see him again. When asked about Gurley, she said that they had never met, and... Then she immediately starts going off on a really large, long tangent about uh, reptilian pedophiles. So forensic evidence that was pulled from the carpet in the apartment concluded that cat hair was found all over the apartment by the blood samples, except for Gurley did not own any cats. The blood belonged to three people, and the police ended up getting a search warrant for Linda Henning because they were able to find a video of Linda going to the bank that girly worked and they went to her house and they found a shit ton of fucking cats. And they also found a samurai sword that Hassenkopf had purchased the day before girly disappeared. So they were able to track down Diazin because this fucker was calling people back in Albuquerque and threatening them. So he was able to get arrested because of the threats, not because of a murder because nobody had been found. So the body was never found. The body has still never been found. So he basically absconded. Not quite. So how do you charge somebody for murder with no body? Well, the amount of blood that was found at the crime scene was enough to prove that a 95-pound woman would not have been able to survive. So Linda, Diazin, and Bill Miller were all arrested and charged for the murder of Girlie Chu. Initially, they all denied involvement, but on January 2002... He makes a plea deal and pleads guilty to avoid the death penalty and will plead guilty in exchange for being allowed to serve his sentence in Wyoming, which I don't know why he wanted to go to Wyoming. Linda's trial begins September of 2002, which was televised on court TV. And I think it's because she sounded fucking nuts. Like if you listen to her trial, she keeps talking about the reptilians. She keeps talking about... UFOs and about her mission to fucking take out the reptilian queen, which is Girly Chew. So 
Linda's attorney ends up calling on Hasenkoft to testify in her defense. And I don't know if they were out of options because calling a fucking 2000 year old alien scientist is really not a reliable witness and really not somebody who's going to sway a jury. He claimed that he had nothing to do with it and that he used her car and planted her blood at the crime scene to throw off the investigation because it turns out that her blood was one of the blood samples. He claimed that Bill Miller was the true killer and that he allowed Bill to practice murder on his ex-wife so that he could be prepared to battle the New World Order. And then he said that Bill Miller had arranged for a time for Hasenkopf to stop by the apartment, clean up the blood, and leave a blood sample to throw off the investigation. And he said that he got this blood sample from a random stash of blood in the fridge to throw off the cops because he fucking keeps blood in his fridge, this fucking weirdo. Um, but he, he dropped his vial of test blood on the way to the apartment, and so he had to borrow some of Linda's. Hey Linda, um, I just I just need to grab your blood for a second. I I just gotta do I just gotta do a thing. Yeah, sure. Anything for the cause. But it sounds like uh, ultimately Linda's attorney actually believed that Linda was not at the crime scene at all, and that he was actually just hoping to frame her for the crime and then dip the fuck out to South Carolina. But I don't know. On, so on October 25th, 2002, Linda was charged with first degree, first degree murder, perjury, and tampering with evidence. So Bill Miller was only charged with tampering with evidence. He, there was no evidence to show that he was actually there outside of the testimony of Diazin and Henning, which are not reliable uh, testimonies. And the tampering of evidence charge came from him eating a business card while he was in the interrogation room alone. So I don't... (laughs) (laughs) Don't they usually give you like a plate of donuts or something when you're being interrogated? Or that's just on the cop shows. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't think they give you shit. I think they give you business cards to eat. (laughs) (laughs) And then arrest you for it. The whole time throughout their trial, Linda and Diazian were still saying that they were in love. He was... They were writing each other messages and coded symbols. Mm-hmm. And he also kept telling her that she, he was going to make sure to inform the high council on whoever the fuck is fighting the reptilians that Linda is being ha- working hard and being faithful throughout this test, which is what he said this all is. This is just a test to see her her allegiance to fighting the New World Order she might have to be in prison for a while, but that's it. Do you th- do you think he genuinely believed this then? No, hell no. I think he 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 liked being in charge, and I think he he liked knowing that he had a very devout follower. I think he visited a reptilian conference at the university, and his fodder would be reptilian stories. You know, he went he went to he went to a cancer cancer patient um and told her exactly what she wanted to hear um is anti-aging so i think he's just telling people exactly what they want to hear so that they would fall for him yes exactly so a few years later linda's cellmate asks what they really did with girly and linda tells her cellmate that her and diazian ate her oh my fucking god Mm mm-hmm so there's been a little bit of an update. 
on January 2020, oh my God. called to have his sentence vacated. This fucker wrote a 400-page document stating why he should no longer be in prison. He said that locking him up was illegal and that the prosecutors and detectives colluded against him to hide the evidence that would prove that he had nothing to do with it. He did nothing wrong. I'm pretty sure, though, that his final testimony is what helped lock his ass up, which I'm going to read what his final testimony was. He said, society views murder as the most heinous crime to mankind. Like, when you decide you're going to commit murder, you're going to trade life for theirs. I did that. He continues, she knew she was going to be hunted like the dog she was. And yes, she ran like a scared rabbit in an open field. She knew. Holy shit. He is currently serving a sentence in New Mexico for his own safety. I guess he didn't get to stay in Wyoming. And that's where he fucking deserves to be because he is a huge heap of trash. So that is the story of um, Diazian Hazenkoft. A.K.A. Armand Chavez. Now, something that I feel like we should establish is that even though this was a true crime story, we are not a true crime podcast. No, we are definitely not. Um, But true crime and garbage behavior is obviously not mutually exclusive. Um, But I feel like this story might fall heavily into the true crime category. Um, But again, you know, this is absolute garbage behavior, irrespective of the category it falls in. Yes. And I feel like we wanted to focus on this story through the lens of our podcast, which he is a con man, first and foremost. Yes. And the manipulation and the the tactics that he used and the absolutely far-fetched stories he told people is part of his garbage nature and the garbage things that came out of his mouth and the garbage things that he did. And it all added up to make him like a big pile of trash. Yeah. He, he should, he is the kind of person who should fucking rot in a landfill. Well, I guess he can't go to supercuts anymore now that he's still in prison. (laughs) Supercuts lost a good one. (laughs) One of their best. Baby, come back. (laughs) <laughs> that's like the methed out uh supercut stylist with like the really good voice <laughs> who like sings to you while she cuts your fucking hair that's the kind of crack shit that i'm talking about supercuts does <laughs> i'm not even kidding Fuck. so um i think that about wraps it up what do you think i think so splendid well please like and subscribe whenever you listen to podcasts and let us know if you want us on a specific platform or if you have a suggestion for a garbage person yes share us on social media follow us on social media garbage nation podcast you'll be able to look us up Um, you can also find us on our website which is garbage-nation.com you can find all of our social media pages there and also um, links to our podcast on all of the platforms. This is Adrian signing out. Fuck. Sorry. I was like, and, and this is, I don't know what to say. And this is Louise. This is, this is Louise walking away. (laughs) And this is Louise walking the fuck away. You were listening to garbage nation. And I hope you have a garbage day. Bye. Bye. (laughs) You sound like a sunny. Is that sunny Blake? Sunny Blake.
This podcast is brought to you by Sunny Blake. 